0: Everybody ever has like godzilla as their like ringtone or something
1: we can find out
0: because that would be kind of fun uh by the way welcome to the wage of cinema everyone i'm jack
1: i'm andrew and, and uh, i didn't know we were recording
0: sorry i just thought i would start uh i mean we could start over again if you want nah, that's cool yeah so um i have godzilla on my mind a little bit today because uh i mentioned in the last podcast that i after seeing shin godzilla um it finally occurred to me, you know, which I
1: keep calling Godzilla Resurgence because I don't know about film. Titles.
0: You don't, you don't like calling it True Godzilla or God Godzilla.
1: See that's Imagine awkward.
0: a movie called Bat Batman.
1: <laughs> what would that be about? Would that be like Would that be like Batman is infected with like something that's starting to turn him into a Batman a Well man-bat? like
0: well the idea with a title like God Godzilla means that like Godzilla is more of a god than he's been before. So now maybe it's like he's more bat than bat Batman. Oh,
1: but then think about like Super Superman.
0: I'm sure it's called that in or some country Green somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now instead of it being, instead of Green Lantern just being a guy who uses ring he just turns into a lantern right. that <laughs> fights uh, the alien. Exactly. Um, but no, I decided that you know, it's finally time that I catch up on my Godzilla films. Um, ironically, because we had an episode before about giant monsters. So I, I guess you could call this brief segment where I'll talk about some of the Godzilla movies I've seen uh, Giant Monsters Redux. Right. Um, but yeah, I've spent uh, the past couple weeks catching up on some movies. Uh, not all of them. And I don't expect that I'm going to watch all the Godzilla movies because. I mean, there are just so many of them. Right. And also, it seems like uh, from seeing those uh, Monster Madness godzilla videos that James Rolfe did, that some of them t- might blend together after a certain point. <laughs> to a certain extent the ones in the 90s and the 2000s The
1: thing is i don't completely trust james rolf because i disagree with a lot of his opinions about certain films huh. not that he's bad i just think I, I look at films a different way than he does
0: maybe he well he's a little bit shallow about certain things he kind of the way he talked in those <laughs> videos he was kind of like oh yeah look at that godzilla got hit in the dick <laughs> i don't blame
1: him for that God, godzilla you gotta find your own fun in that uh so how many godzilla films did you see
0: Oh man. Well, um, let's see here. Um, well, I talked even about. Mind that, well, even I, ta-
1: even I haven't seen every Godzilla film. I've seen more than you. Yeah. So I'm really interested well, in how many you've seen.
0: So. Well, when we last recorded, I mentioned that I saw Godzilla versus Megalon. Right. After that, then I checked out Godzilla versus Hedorah, Godzilla raids again. Yeah. Mothra versus Godzilla, uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Right. And then Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Yeah. And I watched most of Rodan, okay. which is, you know, kind of... It, that's kind of, like, the offshoot, you could say. Like, that's, uh, you know, even though it's it, not... Godzilla, eventually, Rodan does show up in a Godzilla movie or something. Yeah, thing.
1: it's like, we we have this one successful monster. Why don't we do another movie with a different monster?
0: Yeah, well, Toho, I think, you know, they... I, you could say that they, cre- they create one of their first true cinematic universes. Although
1: our friend Matt would say that... Uh, Universal, Universal Monsters did that, at first.
0: yeah. But then you'd have to then kind of think about, okay, yeah, they did kind of have a universe in a way. But I mean more in the sense of characters interacting with each other from other movies. Like we never got that crossover movie with uh, Bella Lugosi as Dracula and Boris Karloff as Frankenstein, right? Like they the actors acted in movies, but I don't remember a movie where Boris Karloff was Frankenstein. Mo- Frankenstein's monster and there was a movie Dracula.
1: when Bella Lugosi played Frankenstein's monster and there was a werewolf.
0: Wait, was Bela Lugosi the werewolf?
1: No, Bella Lugosi was Frankenstein's monster.
0: He was.
1: It's complicated. <laughs>
0: no, but the point is though in the way that like Marvel, you have characters set Certainly, up in their individual yeah. movies and then um see, I don't know where I don't know where I should start with in talking about these movies except to say that I think that the favorite of the one I watched of of the movies I watched was Ghidorah,
1: Ghidorah, three head monster. I, I, yeah, I, I've seen this one before.
0: This is a highly entertaining movie to me. And the funny thing is, is that when you watch it, the the monsters don't really come into it until the halfway point.
1: Yeah, there but is I a act- little more emphasis on human characters. Yeah, but
0: I actually, but I enjoyed the human characters mm. in this one, or I enjoyed, storm- or I enjoyed the kind of world that what they're showing. I mean, they. They have, like, this, this scene, I don't know if you remember this, where it's, like, this children's show. And, like, they, it's almost like this pre-planned thing where, like, these hosts bring on these kids. And they're like, hey, kids, who do you want to meet the most? And the kid's like, Mothra! And, <laughs> and the host's like, ha, 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 ha. Well, you're in luck. you will kill us all. <laughs> i don't think mothra killed them mothra's kind of cool
1: mothra went crazy in her first movie Just because <laughs> someone kidnapped their tiny fairies but yes that's true but granted, they deserved it but that didn't mean she had to kill everybody else too yes but i i feel like in a
0: fight i kind of want mothra in my corner because yeah. she's very tough when she has to be like she doesn't spring into action right away per se but when she's called upon she will More fight. More
1: often she is fighting with us than against yes. us. But there's
0: this scene on with this TV show. And yeah, then it's like, well, you're in luck, kids. Because we happen to have some of the islanders from uh, Mothra's Island. Yeah, Mothra's Island. They had some name. Like, not Idiot Birth... Island. It's something. It's something... <laughs> <laughs> not Idiot Island. I'm sorry. It's, it was something started with an eye.
1: Here's the point. <laughs> they bring on natives from off well, yeah. this islands, and then they also not br- called Idiot's Okay, island. okay.
0: And then they bring on the two little twins. Who I love these twins. They're cool. They are so cool. They, and like they sing. Yeah. And what the, happens in the sequence? You know, in order for these kids to, they can't go to this island, but the the women sing this song, and not only the kids, but everybody watching this TV program get transported to see. What's going on on Mothra's oh, island? Oh, they're singing. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's magic. Cool.
0: I love this. I love that <laughs> sequence. That was so cool. Um, I also just kind of like the story with this like Venusian princess, yeah. um, this woman who, who um, is kind of is she's being hunted down by like these mysterious assassins or something, and there's kind of like a pulp comic book element to this movie. Yeah, I, or I, a paperback. I, I love book.
1: Godzilla when it just gets rid of its pretenses of realism. Don't get me wrong the first Godzilla is a very good science fiction film. Oh yeah! But later on, when Godzilla starts to be like, "Oh, there are space apes controlling a giant robot Godzilla,"
0: (sighs) let's let's we'll get to that. (laughs) I love that that, because it's like
1: no one ever stops to say, "Wait, there are aliens!" It's like, "Oh no, we gotta stop the robot." Yeah, I
0: well what what I liked in Gidra so much, and this follows immediately after Mothra versus Godzilla, which I also liked very much. I thought that was one of the best ones too. Um, I
1: rewatched Mothra Godzilla recently, and it i think again i think i lost key... my nostalgia factor
0: oh really yeah oh I, did you, you
1: i watched it so many times when i was a kid because mm. i got into godzilla when i was maybe in third or fourth grade or something
0: that's fair yeah i guess and i by
1: then i was i was totally into it and then i saw it again and it's like it's just one of those things where you just you kind of lose the magic
0: i i think because i was now like i was into the swing of things with the godzilla movies and in the order i was watching them in i watched this after Godzilla raids again mm-hmm. which I found pretty underwhelming yeah like the problem with that movie mm-hmm. is just that it actually does give you an appreciation for the human characters because they're so dull <laughs> it's just like a couple of pilots and and there's uh, a woman who yeah you know someone's in love yeah, with yeah and when you finally do get to Godzilla and the little reptile guy was he angorus Angorus? Uh, Angurus? Angurus
1: Angurus Angurus wait <laughs> Angerus,
0: angerous yeah. Anguous. yeah. Uh,
1: the pronunciation is a little yeah, loose.
0: Yeah, that fight isn't bad. That they have the two fights. That well, I guess they just have the one. Um, but it's shot in a weird way, like the speed
1: of it. Yeah, this shot- one, this one has the Godzilla raids again. Is only the second film, but it has the shoddiest monster effects and fights.
0: You could tell that they rushed it into production. Mm-hmm. They just kind of cobbled whatever script they could get together, and it's not a terrible movie overall. But among the Godzilla movies I've seen aside from Godzilla's Revenge, which I know is the one you haven't seen, <laughs> and now I really want you to see it. Um I want I
1: really want to see it now too. We
0: we'll, we we'll, we'll, we'll watch it one night together and we'll just have a blast. Um Godzilla versus Mothra versus Godzilla. I, again, I liked it in large part because I think A just because I like Mothra so much and I like the twins. Yeah. Um you know, and this this story involved like the egg. That, you know, has to be returned to Mothra and everybody keeps, the twins keep reminding them, you have to return the egg. Yeah. It's not your egg.
1: But everyone's being an asshole. Everybody, you know, (laughs)
0: I could almost pick, there's like greedy land executives. And like one of them even says, are you saying you have the power of attorney over Mothra? Yeah. They bring that up. That's a line in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they thought kids, uh, kids aren't going to care about what power of
1: attorney means. Um uh but uh and, and the fairies are like every time they show up it's like guys there's this giant monster yes if you don't want to be to get in any trouble with the monster just do what we say and you would think that they're in this the... will be and everything will be cool <laughs> but then obviously no one respects them and they mess around with things and then that ends up it ends up causing monsters to destroy everything <laughs>
0: imagine like it's almost like if you took a marvel movie and and imagine a Marvel movie that was about, like, all the human characters, mm. and the superheroes came in, like, later on. Yeah. That would actually be kind of an interesting way to go about it. might not make a lot It'd of be money. an interesting
1: superhero story.
0: Yeah. Instead it's of, a like... A different take on, yeah, it, on the
1: Genre.
0: Yeah. That should be done. Do, try it, Marvel. It might do you good. Um, <laughs> But I like that, again, it's... uh, This was why maybe the last movie where Godzilla was a villain for a while. Yeah. Where, you know... um.
1: Uh, early in his career Godzilla is a villain.
0: Yeah. Um It's possible I might have even watched some of this movie before when I was in my time watching just a bunch of Godzilla movies when I was a kid and I just didn't remember it. Some of it looked familiar. But again, it's just I I kind of liked in Mothra versus Godzilla this whole push and pull between the regular people and the capitalists. <laughs> now, near the end to be fair, one problem is that they kind of let that go. Like the the capitalist villains kind of fall by the wayside because when the monsters are fighting. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but I also just liked how yeah, the Mothra was fighting Godzilla. I thought she has a lot of really cool techniques in yeah. her fighting, like things that seem unexpected. Right. Um, and then
1: Mothra is interesting because while most monsters in the Godzilla universe and in giant monster films in general are generally these sort of like bipedal reptilian creatures that shoot things out of their mouth. Mothra is just this different being. She flies around. She's also, you know, she, she's feminine. Yes. And she's, she's uh, very motherly. And and she's not even necessarily that. Like she's like the only giant monster that I think everybody just like exclusively identifies as female.
0: Yeah. And that's so interesting. There are no other
1: monsters I can think of where they refer to them as she
0: why do they immediately assume godzilla is a he just because i guess do they yeah, see it you know, yeah I mean, godzilla
1: could have been female all this time Who yeah would have known?
0: well that's like well in the roland emmerick godzilla which i shouldn't even bring that up it's not even godzilla you know <laughs> let's that. just stop there all right but anyway so i can see why you this movie may have fallen out of favor for you mm. or you might have seen it. to me i felt like the direction made it so that it was neither it was never too deathly serious. You know, it's in color and it's in widescreen, so it's no longer in black and white. But it wasn't too silly to me. Maybe little parts were, but not like overall. And then this made like a good lead up to Ghidorah, which to me almost felt a little bit like an Avengers movie. They yeah. were talking about comic book movies because here it's like Godzilla and Moth uh, Ma- and Rodan, right? Rodan. By the way, Rodan looks like crap in this
1: movie. (laughs) Rodan has never looked great.
0: (laughs) Well, especially... The thing is, in this movie, what hurts it is that Ghidorah actually looks really good. Hmm. Like It seems like they put a lot of work into that puppet. And Ghidorah
1: looks like the monster that would be the weakest because it has so many intricate parts. It's not only got three heads, but it Mm -hmm. also has wings and a forked tail. Ghidorah is so busy. You wonder how it doesn't go wrong all the time.
0: Yeah, but it's almost like... There are so many things going on in this movie that kept my attention. I mean, uh, you know, you have, like, this kind of conspiracy plot involving this princess and, uh, you know... Aliens. Yeah, and, like, scenes where assassins are coming after her, like, in a hotel room, and uh, it's... Like, you have a scene early on where, like, some guy who has, like, frilly things around his neck orders another guy that he must kill the princess... It's very comic booky, but yeah. I almost like that about it. And then, um, then you have that scene where Godzilla and Rodan are talking to each other. Yeah. And the humans somehow are kind of, or one human is translating. The fairies are translating. Yeah, I guess somehow they know what they're saying. I uh,
1: kind of like that though because I they always... have to put aside their differences. But I, but I like when. When these giant monsters get these sort of human personalities, yeah, I I've always thought that that's something that's been missing from a lot of Godzilla films. Yes, that Godzilla needs a personality, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a throwback. It's probably something that's stuck in my nostalgic brain, hmm. but still, I think that that's part of what makes Godzilla successful. He's not just an animal. He yeah. is, he has a personality.
0: Yeah, but again, I found that they were in the Ghidorah, they were able to balance the human characters. That I could at least partially invest in. And I thought the actress who was the princess was very interesting to watch just because of how deadpan she was. Mm. Um, but, and then they were able to balance that. And then by the time the monsters come in, we have people to latch on to, um, including that space being possessed princess. Um, yeah, it's a marvel of a, mon- of a monster movie. And I really like, you know, it, things like the nice lightning bolt special effects are really <laughs> cool. Um, I think, yeah, so again, by comparison, I thought Rodan looked like crap because he could barely move. Mm. Um, It's
1: hard to pull off Rodan. Yeah.
0: Well, by the way, um, watching Rodan, I kind of realized that if you go a stretch watching uh, the Godzilla movies in their original Japanese, if you end up watching then one of these movies in English, it feels very different. Yeah. Yeah, like I watched, I guess, the English version of of Rodan. I, like, it, did, I mean, it didn't really have like a Japanese option to it. It might have been a version that had some stuff cut out. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I really liked the movie that much. I, I might need to try to watch it again. I don't remember it had too f- much
1: about it. I just remember this, the bugs.
0: It had, yeah, the bugs are kind of cool to look and at. And I
1: remember Rodin it looks like just kind of flies around, causes some havoc, and dies in a volcano.
0: Yeah, it's not very complicated, which is fine, but it's not, uh, it doesn't have, I can't believe I'm saying this, the dimension of some of the other Godzilla movies <laughs> that were to come. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so also the other one, I have two more to talk about later, then, just before you came over today, I was watching Godzilla Mecha Mechagodzilla. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: So I could see why you like this so much. Yes. I, I do like it. There... I, I don't go know. If ahead, I, I, I couldn't really get into basement, the space. The, the 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 when the, the, the characters turned into apes. Yeah. The problem here's was the for plot. here's the problem. It, it happens so randomly. Like in the, when the first guy, they're on like this cruise ship or whatever, and this one assassin guy is fighting one of the main characters, and then he shoots him, and then like part of his face turns into water. And dissolves and any part of his face becomes like an ape face yeah and then he turns into a more of an ape man and the effects are like i guess japan finally got a copy of planet of the apes and they Maybe. got obsessed with it because but it's so goofy. like even for like one of these godzilla movies it's so goofy
1: Yeah. Right. The Godzilla films have a weird relationship with aliens. Sometimes they just look like people. Well, and, yeah, and that, was other, that was the other—that was
0: the other thing in this movie. The the spacemen, like the main space villain, who he he almost acts like Ben Gazzara in Roadhouse, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about last week. How he's just like, yes, we're going to, we're going to make Mecha Godzilla to again and send him out to destroy Godzilla. Like he's very calm. He's just—he never raises his voice, and I don't know if it makes him very menacing or not. It's just—he's either menacing or Yeah, and never—yeah, it's not very satisfying. Also, it's—the movie starts out, and then like the first half hour, you get the first fight between Mecha Godzilla and Godzilla, and it's kind of cleverly done because it's like Godzilla. Yeah, at first, you think, "Oh no, what's going on with Godzilla? Why is he attacking Angerus?" And it turns out, "Uh oh, it's Mecha Godzilla." Because okay. he
1: here's here's the plot of Godzilla vs. Mecha Yeah, just explain to, this. Just to explain this, aliens that are, aliens have come to Earth with a monster which looks like Godzilla but is actually a Godzilla robot in disguise. Yes. And they plan to destroy part of Earth. Not sure why.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's the other thing. I, why, what is the end game of these alien invaders? We'll get, we'll like, get to that step in a one, create Mecha Godzilla. Step two, step three is profit. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> and then, in order to fight Mecha Godzilla, Godzilla has to team up with another monster named King Caesar. Yeah. Uh, who is this kind of lion dog to defeat? Th-
0: lion is he almost like a dog and a Here, monkey thing.
1: king Caesar is like he's based on this traditional did you notice how part of it takes place on the island of okinawa
0: a little bit yeah
1: okinawa has this folk animal called the shisa okay which is half lion half dog all right that's what king Caesar is based off of
0: huh okay it's
1: this thing that's that's basically unique to okinawa that's part of their culture mm. and so they have a giant monster that is this thing
0: yeah it just seems so funny too because like they like the woman sings that song yeah. which is a real which is actually i thought i would be annoyed by that but it was actually kind of a nice song it's interesting yeah i kind of like she's on this beach and she's singing and it's almost like a S- prayer oh,
1: h- someone should do like a musical review of godzilla to see how the songs stack up against each other because yeah like godzilla well, films with songs
0: well i was talking about Ghidorah. And that has a couple of songs from the twins, and oh, I right. actually like those songs quite a
1: bit. The Mothra song is a song that's been throughout <laughs> the Godzilla. Mothra. Mothra. Oh, moth Mothra. Well, it depends. Like, I, I if, thought I heard Mothra. Yeah, but like when if you take if you took like the word Mothra and made it in f- phonetic yeah, Japanese. Okay. And, okay. I'm not going to bore you.
0: But the stuff. point is though, like, so she summons this king caesar i saw you roll your eyes it's no no i wasn't (laughs) i wasn't rolling it at you i wasn't rolling it in a bad way i'm sorry
1: it's okay it's It's okay. you're
0: you're getting a little nitpicky (laughs) anyway anyway so she summons this king caesar and yeah watching it everybody is so happy that king caesar has come up yeah and the thing is though if you're not from okinawa
1: it just seems okay he looks a little silly yeah, he will, he's he's furry, and he has this weird toothy grin.
0: Now, since you might now because you've to know a little bit more than I do, does King Caesar ever come back in any of the other back movies? In
1: Godzilla: Final Wars. Okay, well that, that would that, make sense. In, in that movie, they bring everybody back.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I imagine that Godzilla: Final Wars must be what like the Avengers: Infinity War movies are going to be like. Eh. You know, and. I imagine it once I get I didn't quite get to destroy all monsters, which I also wanted to watch. I
1: haven't seen Destroy All Monsters either. That's apparent Really? Well, it's it wasn't in any of the D V D collections I've seen. I should have there's this weird thing where like you have the box set.
0: It didn't come with that box right. set.
1: It doesn't also it also doesn't come with King Kong versus Godzilla. Hmm. Which is the third movie in the series. It might be on Hulu. And so. it doesn't seem to have Son of Godzilla. Yeah. Which is weird. Alright. There must be some sort of weird distribution
0: deal. Not really. It's from the same... Maybe it's from a different... Yeah, you might be right. Uh, but the point is, so Ghidorah is awesome and now... I, and Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla it's fun, mm. but it also there's this big gap in the movie between when we first get that first fight between Godzilla and Mechagodzilla and then the ending. Yeah. And you have all this stuff with these humans and then Some intrigue with the statue that and these ape ape men, the ape alien men. And the thing is, when they, if the makeup maybe had been better or something, I might have let it pass. Yeah, but when like you see like these, these spacemen get shot and then their faces melt a little bit and turn into ape masks and they look like discount planet, yeah, they look like garbage.
1: and they're green but you don't care i don't care because i just (laughs) i like the narrative excesses of the godzilla films it's like in godzilla versus megalon the people who said who like sick megalon on the earth yeah are just like underground sea people who live under the earth's crust it's like where the hell were they this whole time yeah we apparently live Godzilla apparently lives in a cinematic universe where there are underground mole people and aliens from all these different planets which yeah. just want to kill us.
0: Now, the thing I mentioned to you also before we recorded, what I did what I did, kind of like in Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, it is a little bit of the Superman vs. Doomsday story, mm. which is that, again, you have this character like Godzilla who the main conceit is he can't be destroyed, he can't be killed, you know, because if, if you fire bombs or rockets at him it'll only make him matter but here somehow these aliens i don't know what they did but they somehow managed to fit mecha godzilla as this real match so it's you know very brawling and very violent yeah. but mecha godzilla is able to pierce godzilla and make him gush blood he can
1: make godzilla bleed
0: yeah which that, you that's don't that's
1: something i hadn't realized before you have brought it up because yeah. of all the monsters godzilla who's ever has ever fought mecha godzilla is the only one who has come close to killing him
0: so there was Twice. nobody else
1: even king Ghidorah has never fought godzilla to a standstill yeah and, you know, granted, it's only, like, one monster, but, I mean... And then you see this in The Terror of Mechagodzilla. Like, yeah. Godzilla is the real underdog in that film. Yeah. <laughs> because he's not up, not just up against, like, the Mechagodzilla, who's really powerful. He, he, there's a second monster helping Mechagodzilla. And it's almost like, you know, you kind of feel sorry for Godzilla at the end, because he gets the crack, crap kicked oh out Oh my god,
0: up. he does, yeah. And, and then it's... at
1: the end, he's just so pissed off, he <laughs> kills... His opponents, which is something that never happens. Mecha I, am, Godzilla? I am nerding the <laughs> hell out of this podcast. Well,
0: that's what I was hoping. Now, I mentioned that. Now, one more to talk about.
1: Welcome to the Godzilla podcast, where Andrew just talks about the minutia of Godzilla <laughs> and his universe. I need to have. I'm your host, Andrew, and this is my assistant, Jack.
0: Yes, I need. To, if we were to actually do that, I would need to have on my friend Alex, who is all, very much into these movies oh
1: yeah we should we should call the tokyo lives guys those guys are great <laughs> oh is that a
0: monster podcast
1: yeah the the, the giant monster podcast yeah. i love those guys now
0: the one more i need to talk about though right. because this is up there i at first i thought this was going to be like my second favorite godzilla movie after the first one and godir in gadira am i pronouncing that right what good no Gidra. Gidra. sorry Gidra. <laughs> damn um, Ghidra ended up slightly going above this movie, but Godzilla versus Hedorah
1: <laughs> My God.
0: Well, I I kind of love this movie, even though now it's a mess. This is
1: another one I need to see. Oh I haven't seen rent it.
0: Rent it. Rent it. Oh my The thing is I, I've said this in my review. If I had been a kid seeing this movie, I might be a little bit more puzzled by it mm. because it is a you, don't
1: ha- you didn't have as much context context back then.
0: No, well not even that. It's also a it it's kind of a message movie yeah. about the environment and pollution. Oh everybody loves that. <laughs> it's it's the Al Gore version of of Godzilla. But not 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 even that.
1: It's if also you thought that Shin Godzilla <laughs> was preachy. <laughs> You have not seen what excesses Godzilla versus Hetera well, go to. Oh my
0: god, dude. I'm so glad I got to talk about this with you since you haven't seen it. This is it's almost like what happens when the milieu of art house cinema of the period yeah. melds with Godzilla. Cause there are parts where What year did this come out? Nineteen seventy one. Ooh. Yeah. Right in there, man. Yeah. This is when This is when I think they were you know again this is following godzilla's revenge which you know they thought i think after destroy all monsters all right maybe we should start gearing these m- know, even have, more towards this, kids from
1: destroy all monsters we can't possibly go up <laughs> let's just go sharply down <laughs> Why after we even give after,
0: after we give audiences everything that they want it's it's almost like after you do uh captain america civil war we do like uh uh, bleh, I I, I don't know a, who's a, like a C grade a, Marvel character. What's a fourth
1: tier Marvel character? Yeah, like um, uh, God damn it!
0: Who's something that who's a character like nobody gives a crap about in Marvel? They're like um, I, I don't know, like uh, like a uh, um, a movie about like Juggernaut or something from the X Men. Okay, <laughs> nobody cares about that's Juggernaut. Um, they like Juggernaut bitch, but that's pretty much it. But this movie, it brings psychedelia like into it. They're like little animated interludes. Right. Like segments that suddenly break like you're watching Sesame Street or <laughs> or The Wall. You know how back in the seventies Sesame Street would just they would have their little segment with the Muppets and then they would cut to like an animated cartoon. Yeah,
1: back when Sesame Street was good. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're here first. if you'd like
1: to know more about my opinions on the current state of Sesame Street <laughs> listen
0: to the Andrew uh, Trash's Sesame Street podcast coming to the Wage to Cinema of the, Network Yeah, we got all
1: these uh, along with Lines from Linus and uh, our, our Godzilla nerding podcast
0: okay um, see the thing is I had the opposite reaction than I did when it came to, when I watched Godzilla versus Megalon I thought, like, all right, if I, be, I would have been wild about this movie when I was a kid, though now I see it as, like, great HEs. Right. This, if I was a kid, I wouldn't have... I thought I would think this is maybe too weird. Mm. Because aside from the animated stuff, there's one part where they just stopped to almost show us, a, like, a brief lesson about stars. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> I remember this from the
1: Cinemassacre Yeah, yeah. And, the and then Godzilla also,
0: time. like, they... Uh, the thing is, though, in the middle of this, there is a conventional story in here somewhere. Because it's about like, a young boy and his parents. And his father's like the kind of biologist that you can do tests in your own home since a lab would have cost extra money for the movie. Right. Um, And there's this monster created thanks to loads of, loads of garbage in the ocean. And it mutates tadpoles that come together. So it's basically a gigantic tadpole that also ultimately looks like a, I'd say like a gnarlier version of Cthulhu. Mm. Um, and he has big red eyes yeah and Godzilla is a good guy here but and you might think at first this monster who is literally or figuratively defecating on the monster and all the citizens but you don't really see like I mean we see the carnage that he lays waste like we see human skeletons left in his smog filled wakes that's weird yeah and then but then there's like also a scene where these human characters are in this like psychedelic inspired club and the thing is, some of Hedora's smog like makes people like see things. And this guy sees all of these humans dancing in this club have fish heads.
1: So, so Hedora makes you high.
0: Yeah, it's like this is like the fear and loathing in Las Vegas of Godzilla movies.
1: This is the most experimental Godzilla. movie. It was
0: so amazing. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Like uh, imagine if like um, this might be an extreme example, but imagine if like Jodorowsky got the keys to make like a Pacific Rim movie, huh. you would get like Godzilla versus Hedera. Like hope. you just cannot, you could not make this kind of movie today. It's like even the fights, like when Godzilla fights Hedera, he's also called the smog monster, by the way, if you're wondering yeah. if you see that title, it's not paced into something that's super exciting, but that's almost not a problem. Like I was almost fascinated because their fights were kind of slow. Like, he fights like he isn't sure what to do with this thing. Like, usually Godzilla has some sort of plan. Like, okay, I'm going to grab it, grab, it, grab this thing by its tail. Or I'm going to shoot, like, my fire at this part of his body. Right. But Godzilla's almost just, like, confused by this thing that's in front of him. Like, it's this poisonous sludge that has been created by humans. And, um... Like, this could have been the Godzilla movie that could have become, like, a midnight movie. Mm. And so, again, that kind of appeals to me. I could see why it's actually looked at by some Godzilla fans as not being so big. Uh, in passing, I haven't read the full review of it, but in one of Roger Ebert's reviews of Godzilla movies, he said that this was his favorite movie. Huh. Godzilla movie, yeah. I think like he trashed Godzilla in 1985 and mentioned it somewhere in the review that this was his favorite one. So, I mean, this movie, it's not subtle. It yeah. does really press the environmental message a bit. Um, but if you don't have a problem with that, I mean, imagine it's
1: so crazy that you can't help but
0: imagine like birdemic if it was good, (laughs) which is the craziest thing to say. Um, so yeah, those have been my, some of my Godzilla movies I've watched. I might watch one or two more, but that's kind of where I'm at. You still haven't seen
1: King Kong versus Godzilla. I have seen it. You have? Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, that will just be the rest of the podcast.
1: I own it yeah
0: i watched it when i was younger i mean i don't it's when been a the long last time. time you've watched it oh god it must have been like maybe 15 years ago or something hmm. it's been a while i could revisit it i've been told that the japanese version is better than the english one so i might be missing out slightly um i've only the, ever seen the english one the funniest thing is that i don't know if you knew that they did a sequel to that and then like uh there are also um there are all sorts
1: of like kong movies There are also
0: frankenstein movies yeah. like giant frankenstein <laughs> and, movies. Then there, and then there's
1: another movie by toho called war of the gargantuas which i have seen okay which is technically like a sequel to one of their frankenstein movies
0: yeah there's so many monsters like there's uh that Va- 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 vara Va- varon the something <laughs>
1: Varen and it, there's like the Mysterians
0: and I just like the title, the Mysterians. I, I, I feel like somewhere there's a rock band that called themselves the Mysterians and they probably there, there's play... a name
1: of something else which is like the Mysterians.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I had a rock band, I'd call it the Mysterians, and I
1: I'd call them Varin.
0: <laughs> Nobody would know what that means. True. All right. Uh, so recently, is there been anything you've watched?
1: Uh, I've watched one movie a lot.
0: Well, you have to wait to talk yeah, about that, the, obviously. But uh,
1: I've been spending all my time just focusing on that. All right. Uh, has there been one other thing I've been looking at? The
0: past two weeks?
1: Let me think for a minute. Um,
0: While you're thinking, uh, just to remind everyone, if you want to send us some email, you can oh. send it at wagesofcinema at gmail.com. Uh,
1: yeah, go ahead. There was something. I did watch Captain America Civil War again. Because okay. I just got it uh, for my birthday. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's still awesome. Okay. uh, do you feel differently about anything i i i
0: because i didn't i i I, I actually appreciate it more
1: i don't i i the the things that i felt were strong were still felt strong when i saw it again. i've wanted to watch it again yeah but i've been just so busy with my other thing i
0: watched it with uh it's actually interesting to watch with the audio commentary because the uh the direct they have like a commentary track with the directors and the writers, yeah, and they with really the go, yeah, the Russos and they were all they're also scriptwriters who weren't them, um, and they really go into the nuts and bolts of like how why they chose to have characters do certain things right. and, uh, and I'm and I'm glad they also go into why they didn't say kill more superheroes or something, yeah, like their reasoning was kind of like well, we could have done that we could have done something like kill Rhodey or something but. It would have taken away from other parts of the movie that matter more.
1: Right. And the other th- the thing I do, did realize that is kind of a flaw is that they kind of pull... The ending...
0: The very end, you mean?
1: The very ending of it, it seems to take back its stakes. It, it, it doesn't have the punch that it should have, I feel. Mm. It, it, it pulls its punch at the end, especially with the villain. No,
0: I, I disagree with that. I think the villain works perfectly for but
1: me i don't mind his plan i don't mind how he executes it because it's actually one of the more probable well not probable but no but but it, it, it's it, the least it's
0: it's different though it, yeah, it's, it's not the kind of thing it's where it's different
1: and it's not too excessive it's The not, thing that i find yeah. that's bothersome about him is at the end when black panther is he has that conversation with, with yeah uh, really? with zemo mm-hmm. he says that he apologizes to him for killing his father
0: and eh, he kind of does but i don't and think I he's thinking, that sincere
1: but the thing is it seems really inconsistent because this is a man who before he started doing all the terrible things he did yeah he was the head of like an elite death squad in a dictatorial nation and then he bombs a public building kills a man with his bare hands uh, tortures a man to get information out of him, and sets all the heroes of the world against each other. The reason and why... this is a man who decides to apologize for one murder that maybe well, me... he
0: was the king of Wakanda,
1: so who cares about? Wakanda? I think you
0: know what it is, though. Why it didn't why bother me? He come? The emotion, why he the emotional part of that scene made it work for me because in that moment he's looking at his phone for it might be the up time he's doing it, but he's. Feeling very rueful and very, extremely vulnerable. And I think that the idea is, and it's usually something that this is one of the better villains to me in the Marvel movies because, you know, a lot of times they're just like, I want to do X to the universe, the world or something. <laughs> yeah. This is somebody who actually has real emotional like things like he's been affected by the world of the Marvel universe.
1: I don't, I think that's great. great And, And in
0: that scene, if, if he had said this to black Panther in another scene, you're right. But in that moment, it was okay.
1: I feel though, that not only does it seem to diminish him as a villain, it also diminishes what black Panther does after that, because black Panther's story arc is all about foregoing revenge and well, you could foregoing... say that Black
0: Panther follows his arc by the end of that movie. He
1: does, but it's a little bit lessened because.
0: So maybe he shouldn't have apologized to him.
1: No, I don't feel that the apology is consistent with the character, and I also feel that it just kind of diminishes I mean, because you know Black Panther. Well, makes he's sure almost he almost feeling like doesn't kill him. Well,
0: he almost felt like it was probably like you could, but he was about to kill himself. So maybe it was like you know, like when you have like that like mea culpa deathbed confession thing
1: i mean but then there's a person like black panther's arc like completing like him completing that is saving the man who killed who killed his father Mm. so that he can face justice instead of getting revenge yeah that part works but it's much easier to save a man who apologizes to you for doing the thing that you hate Mm. rather than saving the man who unrepentantly killed your father Mm.
0: that But it didn't bother me just because, I think, well, again, the context of that scene emotionally and the actors selling it as they did, I can see your problem with it. It just didn't bother me as much.
1: Okay. Uh, But as far as the entire film goes, it's a nitpick.
0: Yeah. Again, it's such an awesome movie. I
1: just finished my cinema immersion tank. I want to watch Civil War again. Right on. So I'll get past it. All right. In my mind, he didn't apologize. Okay.
0: Um... (laughs) A few more little things I want to talk about. I had a uh, a fun night. Um, I went to the Almo Draft House and had a... Cool. I, went I, to a, I
1: like that place.
0: I went to a horror movie marathon. Whoa. Um, oh. Yes. When did you
1: go with me last? Today? When we saw all the Indiana Jones films.
0: Yes. Yes. That was and, a great day. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back there again someday. They also just opened up a new draft house in Brooklyn, so huh. it's a little bit closer. Um, but what I did was I... Uh, um, I went out and saw, oh God, where did this movie go in my list? Anyway, I saw four movies in a row at the, well, yeah, it was a real, uh, marathon type of thing. Um, and they were all, ver- it was quite a variety. Like the people who programmed this are very, uh, I dig what they do. Very savvy. Very savvy, but you know, they, they had a lot of fun, I think, in picking the kind of movies that they did. Um first up for the first movie they showed and they're all movies I hadn't seen before or one of them I had seen parts of, but I hadn't seen it in so long. It almost felt like I just might as well have not had seen the movie altogether. Um, the first movie was a thing called the gate. You ever heard of it? No kids movie in the late eighties kids horror movie and involves in his very first role, Steven Dorf, very young actor in that movie. Um, he, it involves like him and his friend. Uh, the parents go away for like a, like a week long weekend or something. They're away from the house for a few days. Uh, his like, older sister has a little bit of a party going on, but he and his nerdy friend accidentally open up a gate to hell in their backyard. Like <laughs> and, you do. What? Like you do. Yeah, like you do. It just happens. You know, just like in Evil Dead, you read the wrong three words and oh my God, they're demons. Yeah. Um, it's a fun little movie. I mean, it. Uh, they have really good practical creature effects. They're all these little demon figures. Some of them actually might have been humans in suits and shot with, like, forced perspective to make them look really tiny. Um, but there's just a, a fun feel. Uh, the way I told Corey after we saw it, it, rem- it made me think of the Nickelodeon show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, which for those of you who've seen that already know what I mean. When they would tell a story around the submit for your approval of the midnight society, I call this story, the tale of the gate. And you know, you have kids who are, you know, very, uh, you buy into it because it's like that kind of story. It felt like an episode of are you afraid of the dark, but longer, um,
1: and a bit more intense
0: a little, uh, at, at, at times intense yeah I mean there are parts where you laugh can laugh quite a bit um, it takes a little while to get going the first half is a little bit full of the human characters but once it does get into that second half it's really cool um, then I saw this movie called Dead of Night uh, it has another title to uh, also called Death Stream one of the only horror movies directed by Bob Clark mm. who also did Black Christmas did you see that? I have seen Black Christmas. Okay, good. I'm hoping to see that someday soon. Um, they showed a trailer for it before the movie. Uh, they programmed some good trailers. That is a and good
1: trailer. Yeah, Black you've seen Christmas. it.
0: James Mason narrates
1: it. I don't think that's James Mason. I think that's someone doing it's- a James <laughs> Mason impression.
0: Well, they do a good job. Yeah. Um, but Dead of Night, uh, so you haven't heard this movie, it's a movie, it's set in 1974. This guy dies in vietnam or first we think he dies and his family gets sent like the note from the army saying your son died in combat river and the mother is all like they're lying they're lies all lies and that night their son appears oh, in their crap. house but his son is completely like monotone and very like cold and indifferent that like is- he talks to them and it turns out his son really their son really is dead. He's like a walking, talking zombie. What? And it's kind of weird and also very funny at times, just unintentionally. Um, it's like the father of the house really acts like the I'm the father of this, I'm the head of this house. And like, you know, patriarchy. Hashtag. Um, hashtag patriarchy. We're going
1: to make it a thing. <coughs>
0: But yeah, like, and you're seeing, there's this actor named Richard Backus who plays the son. He's he's like the t- kind of actor I feel like I'm familiar with, but I don't remember off the top of my head. He, so he literally has to kill people and, and get their blood so that he can keep staying alive. Otherwise, he will be uh, eaten up by maggots. Hmm. So it's a very, I think they're going for something very metaphorical in this movie. Um,. You know, like as if uh, people who came back from Vietnam were all never the same again. Um, but also, this idea that these parents want to see their kid again, and they do, but they're just kind of going through the very slung, bad process of him dying.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like. Never mind. Keep going. Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's some unintentionally funny stuff. Uh, the print I saw of it wasn't that great. It was very. I don't know if the, you know this, but sometimes film prints they degrade over time and yeah. they become pink or really red. They uh, they lose their color, yeah. so that kind of happened with this movie. Like it was nobody's fault, but that happened. And so it was it was an interesting movie. Very
1: few people probably have a print of Dead of Night. No,
0: no, no, no. Even Quentin Tarantino no, does not have probably a print not. Of <laughs> Dead. The other film geeky thing that I had with this movie was um. There's this John Cassavetes movie from the 60s that I really love called Faces. And in that, there are these two actors, John Marley and Lynn Carlin. John Marley will be known to most. Uh, he's one of those faces that people know, even though they don't know, because he's in The Godfather as the guy who wakes up with the horse's head in his bed. Oh, yeah. And he screams, like,
1: ah, ah, he's the director. ah.
0: Yeah. You know, Johnny Fontaine will never be in this picture. <laughs> he's that guy. Um, and, but Lynn Carlin is also his wife in this movie and also in Faces. So it's like they're reteaming these two actors in this very weird, very dramatic movie about a Vietnam vet killing people so he could stay alive <laughs> and continue to do things like rock in his chair back and forth and like kill the family dog and do like these kind of things. Yeah. Next movie I saw Death Spa. Title says it like. It's funny, I saw a friend a friend of ours uh, the other day, this guy Fred Henry. Yeah. And somehow in conversation it came up, Alien versus Predator, and he's like, Look, you've got an alien. You got a predator, do they fight? Then you got a movie. What'd yeah. you expect? <laughs> I guess he has a point. Uh well, so
1: to a certain <laughs> extent, yes. But <laughs> I think we have the right to expect a decent story.
0: You're you're probably right with that too. Um
1: now, it doesn't mean we're going to get it? No. No.
0: Um, the uh, But in Death Spa, it's very 80s uh, horror movie set in a, in a spa. And it, well, they call it a spa, even though it's really a gym. Because usually when you think of a spa, it's where you get a massage or you get a facial.
1: Death Gym was not as good. No.
0: The only good title with gym is Gymkata.
1: Or uh, Jungle Gym.
0: Is there a movie called Jungle Gym? I don't know. All right, but Death Spa works because also, um, um, that because the title of the place is Star Body Health Spa, and the very first thing you see in the movie is a shot that cranes down to, um, the uh the the, the front of the, the the place. Lightning strikes the building, and it knocks out like the the title from, from Star Body, Health Spa to just Death Spa. <laughs> They just take the D and the rest of the words and yeah. Uh, so basically, what you get in it's this an movie, anagram. what you get in this movie is that this seemingly this this gym is run by the supercomputer, or this guy is running the supercomputer. Like it's not all manual machines. There's some electronic components. Just like Westworld. Yeah. Well. The, yeah. The 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 equipment starts killing people, and also other things like like chlorine gas starts going off in like showers. So, like, you got lots of naked women having to, you know, (laughs) freak out over that. There are a lot of creative kills in this movie. This is a lot of fun. This might have been my favorite movie that I saw during the four movies.
1: If there's anything that Gremlins 2 has taught us, a completely automated building will kill you.
0: Yes, yes. Um, Although, they decide, though, to muck with that and throw in a character who ends up... Let me just say that there is a psycho element to this movie. That's all I'll say to that. I'll leave right. you guys to watch it. Last movie I saw then, and this festival, Event Horizon.
1: Oh yeah, this is the one about the black hole with Lawrence Fishburne, correct?
0: And Sam Neill. Yeah, this was a surprise. Like they even, now this is the movie that I had seen parts of years and years ago. Or I must have seen on TV. Or, you have a movie sometimes where you feel like, I've seen this. And maybe you haven't, but it feels like you have. The black hole. Yeah. Yeah, well ironically enough. Um but um yeah, so this movie is, you know, it's it's often cited as being the one good Paul W.S. Anderson movie. Paul W.S. Anderson, he's known for his many crappy uh, video game adaptations in varying degree. I mean, he his breakfast He compares
1: th- favorably to Uwe Boll.
0: Oh, no, no, absolutely. Oh, by the way, did you hear he retired?
1: Oh, great. This week <laughs> Now I will never. Now I can continue not thinking about Uwe Boll. <laughs> yeah,
0: he decided to come out this week and say, I- "I'm retiring. I can't do this anymore. I can't get any money ma- for my movies." And I loved hearing that. Oh,
1: poor babe. Yeah.
0: Oh. oh I felt like occasionally when I watch Kirby Enthusiasm, Larry David will mockingly put on a voice like. Like, as if he's a big baby, like, oh, 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 I can't get money to make in the realm of the king, too. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> how about you make better movies and then people will give you money for them? Yeah. Uh, don't 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 try to blame it all on DVD sales. Blame it on the fact that you got a juicy deal through German tax loopholes. And they closed. So now you have to go on a Kickstarter to beg money for your movies, which is what he's been doing for the past couple of years. No
1: more critics to box.
0: Yes! No more critics to box. Oh, thank God.
1: What a dickhead. You anyway. Know, I always thought, though, that Werner Herzog would have been able to take him in a fair fight.
0: You know, even though Herzog, he's he's like 20 years older than Uwe Boll, I yeah. can see it. Yeah. Because he's still a very strong man. Um, he's very hardy. Got a yeah. good constitution. But Event Horizon... It has a great concept, as a really f- cool idea, which is a ship that can kill you. I guess there was maybe in, unintentionally or intentionally a theme. You have the spot that can kill you. You have the ship that can kill you. A
1: Vietnam veteran who can kill you.
0: <laughs> a a, a, hole, a giant hole full of demons that can kill you. Yeah. All right, but, but horror films
1: generally deal deal with things that can kill you.
0: Yes, but well, Event Horizon means to be more of like a sci-fi movie. I guess they thought maybe because there are horror elements, but it's derivative. It's basically like if you took equal parts of alien and aliens and put them together, (laughs) because you have like, I don't know if you remember the premise of this where Sam Neill is this doctor who is going back to his ship that I guess he Craig called the event horizon, which can travel through bend through space and time to other dimensions, but it's somehow gotten lost around like Neptune and this this group of like uh you know the space team go with him and they include lawrence fishburn uh jason isaacs is on it uh, a couple other people i'm blanking on but um but they go out there and it turns out oh sam neill wasn't saying all that he should have right. like something happened to the crew on this ship <laughs> um which again you think about like i just kept flashing to man Paul Anderson has watched Alien and Aliens so many times which he ended up directing Alien vs. Predator by the way.
1: Right. So but, it's But the other thing too is, you know, it, it's that idea of the ghost ship. Yeah, that, the ghost it, ship. It's that ship that disappeared and that reappears. Yes. After seemingly be gone for yeah. for such a long mm-hmm. time now, and then you're like, "What the hell happened?" Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's a lot of the, the the acting is all great. Like the, the, the you could t- the, the they, he cast it very well, and then you can feel the chemistry between the actors; that they mesh well together, and it all it actually works for like two thirds of the movie, and then the last third it has to become an action movie, and then it kind of falls apart a little bit for me. Yeah. It starts to get a little bit clunky and filled that, with the kind of stuff that makes me realize, oh, this is why I don't really watch Paul Anderson movies. And the like, thing is, I mean, he, yeah, he's better than Uwe Bull, but he's still kind of a hack. Yeah.
1: And the thing is that horror and action do not mix Hmm. because they are they're both emotional experiences, but they both draw on different emotions. Yeah. Horror is obviously horror, things that scare you. Action is about excitement and the, the and more positive emotions. It's not about being scared. Yeah. No one is scared during an action film.
0: No, no, not at all.
1: So you're going in two different directions, and that doesn't work.
0: Well, it's it's tricky to mesh them. You can. I mean, that's what Ridley Scott tried to do with Alien. Uh, and maybe James well, Cameron did it to a better degree with Aliens. Well,
1: I mean, Aliens has horror elements, but you wouldn't deny that it's an action movie at Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. And maybe Alien has some action elements, but I mean, it's it's horror right to the marrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's very little that any of the crew can do to stop that alien from doing what it wants. Yes. And that's um, the essence, and that's part of the essence of horror.
0: Well, that's part of the essence of Event Horizon. That, like nothing the crew can do can stop this ship from like getting into their heads and making them go kind of crazy with like past traumas and, and things from their past that have really haunted them. So then them.
1: it's also kinda of like Forbidden Planet.
0: I guess. I didn't really think of Forbidden Planet. I thought a little bit of the movie Solaris. Oh yeah. Which also does that. Um, but, again, the problem is near the end, it just becomes, like, a regular action movie. But up until then, right, I was that, enjoying But that's
1: it. an emotional gear change, which is not good. Yeah.
0: Um, one – all right, two more movies I can quickly talk about because I, I really would like to mention them. Kind of art house independent releases right now. One is called Into the Inferno, mm-hmm. which is uh, – not to be confused with Inferno – is also out in theaters uh that's the new ron howard movie um no this is Werner herzog documentary about volcanoes oh yeah and uh you I can saw... watch it you can see it on netflix if you have netflix also it's playing at the ifc center it's um
1: <laughs> Vern herzog fights uwe Boll on the rim of a volcano
0: <laughs> the the verner like, herzog see i flashed to revenge of the sith when you said that because I was just picturing, like, volcanoes erupting uh, yeah, around Yeah, that would have been the obvious one. Yeah. Um, what's great about his this new movie is that he connects different uh, nationalities and different peoples through how they kind of respect and are in fear of volcanoes. Mm-hmm. And he even goes to North Korea really? and shoots there. So that is fascinating in and of itself. Right. For Herzog in North Korea. He only passes a little bit of judgment on it. He says in one line... This place fills me with solitude and a feeling of loneliness, and that's all he needs to say.
1: Wow, that's that's pretty, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh.
0: So. Yeah. So also, also the one little thing I wanted to mention to you because I thought you'd get a kick out of this. When I was watching this movie, so he has these shot. He has very close shots at times of the volcanoes, kind of all that lava, kind of melting together, and at times it takes almost like a science fiction type of shape. And at one point, there was a shot of the lava that made me think of two thousand one, <laughs> and so I started to hum to myself watching it. Yeah, <laughs> lo and behold, on the soundtrack, he has that kind of choral chanting <laughs> going on. And that's when I have to say, Herzog, you are a master. Uh, then the other movie to mention, we which
1: always, we always knew it. Now sure. Now it's just been, now it's just in been our confirmed brain again.
0: Yeah. And then the last movie is this thing called Moonlight. Uh, this is a tremendous movie. Um, uh, concerns this boy growing up uh, in three stages of his life. You could almost call it maybe black boyhood in okay. a way. <laughs> okay. it, it's not, it hasn't been formed over 12 years, though. Um, I should mention that. Um, But it's kind of fascinating because it deals with ideals of uh, masculinity in society and uh, identity. Like, if you're if you're kind of, if, if you're kind of growing up in a society where you have to be hard and you can't show any emotion uh, and you can get picked on very easily uh, you know if what if you like the same sex even and sometimes in like the black community this can be something that is much harsher than even other communities but it's but it's a movie that communicates these themes universally while being specific at the same time which is a very tricky line to walk but it does it in a way that's very moving and cinematically challenging and uh raw and emotional and all these things so yeah this is going to be a big movie i think this could end up on a lot of people's end of the year best list it might for me too so moonlight go see it highly highly recommend it just like, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not alone in this. Like, it has like a 99% of Rotten Tomatoes or something. So, yeah. I'm not going against the grain here, but I'm here to add to that chorus of people who are really liking this movie a lot. So, um, that's it for some movie talk here. Uh, as I said before, if you want to reach us, we're at wagesofcinema.gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you want to reach Andrew, you can also reach wages at gmail.com and i will tell him that you send a message uh i'll read it too yeah he will read it he'll even read it on air too well we love reading our emails on air uh we've done that before uh we really love getting listener comments and questions about things that we could do on the show uh you can also do that on facebook we've gotten facebook messages that uh we like uh, sharing with everybody uh also twitter instagram and tumblr um, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitch. So, Stitcher. Stitcher, sorry. got to stitch, stitch that is, message is together. Stitch
1: is the lead from Leo and Stitch.
0: Oh, yes. I, I'm not going to do a Stitch impression, so don't Good. ask. So uh, when we come back, uh, we are going to put on our lab coats, uh, get out our stethoscopes, and check out what happened to the late director, Michael Cimino's uh, boondoggle, uh, Heaven's Gate. Nice. So, I don't know—is "boondoggle" a good word for that?
1: I'd say that's under—that's underplaying <laughs> how much of a, how much of a of a we, of a fiasco yeah. it was. Yeah,
0: there's an even better term, which I will mention in the podcast. So, stay tuned for that. And thanks for listening. <laughs>